Welcome! You're listening to audio of Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. At ICC, we are being transformed by Jesus to impact our world. Wherever you are as you listen today, we want you to know that we love and appreciate you. We're so glad you're here. We hope today's message will help you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thanks again for joining us. So we're looking at and completing today the spiritual habits, and we're look, we've been looking at church life, and the last spiritual habit that we look at today is commitment. So really, commitment is an invitation. It's an invitation to one of our ICC discipleship measures. Um, that is covenant community. So we're talking today about something that we want to invite into what it means to be covenant community. We define that as a choice to live in authentic relationships, selfless interdependence, and loving unity with other believers in the local church. With the habit of commitment, We're really focusing on the choice. That's what we're doing. The choice that we make to live in covenant community. So I'm going to suggest we add another word to the phrase as we talk about commitment. And we simply talk about covenant commitment. So what is covenant commitment? As we look at our outline today. Let's just define what covenant commitment is. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul is writing to a church that's fragmented, that's having all kinds of issues, and they're, they're way out of sync with one another and really with the Lord. And he, he's trying to reel them back and realign them in their focus of the relationship they have with God, not only individually, but as a body and as a church. And he says to them, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Now here's here's the point of this, the basis of this. As believers, we all are certainly a part of the greater body of all believers. Uh, Even in his greeting to the Corinthian church, Paul refers to them as saints together with all those in every place who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we we know that. We're not an isolated group of believers over here at ICC. We, We are a church of the kingdom with other churches that we come alongside in in this city and uptown and midtown and downtown and East Memphis and beyond and in the country and in the world. We get to experience that when teams go to uh, places like Serbia and Ivory Coast that we've just been to and they return. But when they go, they, they go to be with brothers and sisters of Christ and to be a part of the work of the greater church. But Paul also is very intentional 
that even in the midst of that relationship, that relationship with the larger church is lived out in a local setting, in a local place. For he says specifically, as he greets them, to the church of God that is in Corinth. He localizes it. This is his practice when he writes these letters to the, new, to the churches in the New Testament. If you've been reading our reading plan and the ICC New Testament reading plan, we're in Galatians right now. And as we read that, we see in the greeting, he greets, he, he writes to the churches of Galatia. So he's greeting multiple local churches in this letter in the area of Galatia, intending for them to circulate the letter around them. So here's what this means. Paul's writing specifically to the church of Corinth. And the divisive issues that they're facing is the context for which he says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, you are Christ's body and each one of you are part of it. So it's important to note that our relationship to the church of God is to be lived out in a specific local church community. So the habit of covenant commitment is this. It's choosing to be committed as a specific part of a specific church in a specific place. That's how we live that commitment out. And it's important to note that it's not just a one-time choice. It's not, it's not a check off, I've joined this organization. That's not what we're talking about. It is bringing and embracing this decision and commitment and it's sustained for life as long as we're a part of this, of this base, this home of church. And it's, it's something we sustain as a habit in our relationship with one another. That's what that spiritual habit is. That's what covenant commitment is. Now, why is that important? Why is it even necessary to, to go that far and to be a part of a, a local um, body and to have that covenant commitment with a local body? Well, Barrett in a message about commitment to membership a couple of years ago, if you'll remember the series, if you were here uh, together, better together, he, he shared a quote from, um, from a man, Sam Amadi, who I think captures the answer to this question so well. He says the Bible doesn't simply command us to join a church. It does something far better. It unfurls the relationship between the church and its members with a series of metaphors that shape our identity and challenge our near constant sinful inclination to individualism, self-sufficiency, pride, and I got thisness. I like that word there. So it's a, it's a picture that the Bible draws for us as to why this is important. And the first one is right out of 1 Corinthians. So let's read together in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 20, as we look at 
the first image, and I'm going to lift out just a couple of these today, but this is the first one. Paul says, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For, one, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose and if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. This is one of the most famous pictures of the unity and function of the church. Paul literally personalizes body parts as speakers to one another here, to express really the absurdity of how envy and self-deprivation among members of the physical body would be. Certainly that's not going on, but he personalizes this as, as, this, as if they can have this conversation to point out the absurdity of it, to show that the same absurdity exists when the body of Christ does that. For you see, we need to recognize in this picture that we should exist as parts of the body willingly to fulfill its proper function. Now, not to be missed here is that with many members yet one body through the unity in the Holy Spirit, we literally become part of something bigger than ourselves. You see, I, I, I get intrigued by this because we can get sort of caught up in our, our own place in the body or our own serving in the body and we, we can forget that we're part of a larger a larger experience, a larger presence, if you would, that Christ has established for us. I, I can do that when, I, when I'm sometimes just focusing in too much on maybe a certain part of my role here and I bump into somebody and have a conversation with them and I'm hearing from them what God is using them, how God is is, is, is working through them and serving in the body Maybe in local ministry as they're serving in global mission, as they're, as they're working with homelessness. Those things that 
I wasn't even aware of their involvement till I bump into them and I realized, wow, the body, the body is so much larger than any one of us ourselves. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You see, in this day and time, back then of yesteryear, in a world of animation, Voltron may have been the defender of the universe. But in the here and now, in this real world, God has formed his church. And God builds a local church as the body of Christ, with Christ as the head. And literally, as the body of Christ, we are hands to do his work, feet to run upon for his errands, a voice to speak for him. And God places members in the body and equips them to match the assignment he has for that body. And when each one serves where God puts him or her in the body, the whole body works together as it should. This is why covenant commitment is so essential. You see, through the covenant commitment of one another as members in the Spirit, we do indeed become something bigger than ourselves. We are the body of Christ together, formed by him as we commit and submit to him and to one another to function as the body. Covenant commitment matters. There's a second image I want to lift out. And that's the metaphor or image of the church as family. For in 1 Timothy 3, 14 through 15, we read, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. And in 1 Peter 4, 17, he says, For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? You see, the term household means family. Family is God's design for us to experience nearness and closeness. When healthy, family is who we call on and most rely on, especially in times of struggle and tragedy. These are the people we do gravesides with, celebrations with, we live life with. I have another illustration, it's not quite as dynamic, but it is more personal. One of our daughters, gave to us some time back a picture of our family tree. I've got it up here. And so, yeah, there we are, two lovebirds there. 
Um, and our four children. At one time, we were all on one branch. And now, they have moved to their own branch. And as you can tell, they've done well in their branches. This is really out of date. This one's already had another one. But this is, this is their each and every one local physical body, family body, family relationship that's requiring covenant commitment. And we've been through some really hard moments in each one of those branches. They're intact by God's grace and their commitment to one another. This is out of date because there's been some of these to make their own branches from, uh, from, from here. Grandkids have gotten married and our most recent branch is right here. This is a great granddaughter. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting old. <laughs> it's a great granddaughter. We're going to go see for the first time this week. What I found out about great-grandparents is that you're third in line. You just got to wait your turn, you know. But we're getting our turn. What I want you to understand, this almost didn't happen. This little one almost didn't happen. Even though they were young, my granddaughter and grandson-in-law went through a very, very hard patch. And although she gave me permission to share, it's really their story to tell. All I'm just going to say is, there was a moment there that branch could have broken off. Some of you in this room actually came alongside of Amy when she was here during that time. Both of them, though, clung to and expressed their heart to be faithful to the commitment, the covenant commitment they had made to each other. And they did. Now they're still healing, but they're working through that. And then, this little one is a result of that healing. You see, this is same is true with our church family. We are, we are called to be committed as a member of the family. And this means we are working out relationships in a specific church, in a specific place. Relationships can be hard at times and they can thrust us into places of challenge and deep need to work through. But that's what family does. They work through those things and they move out of that covenant relationship. Now, there comes responsibilities with being family. There's, there's expectations. Um, I, do, I get to do 
oftentimes what, what uh, a premarital counseling um, process and one of the processes is through an assessment and where, where the couple expresses certain things about themselves that we get to talk about. And one of the things they express are their response to expectations of being family. There's a list of about 24 things that are responsibilities of being family. And they get to say, well, here's who I think is going to do that, or here's how we're going to do that. And they, they make those decisions, and they find out where they agree and where they don't agree. And uh, that's kind of fun. And they get to have conversation about that. And it, it's things like you know, providing income, paying bills, gassing up the car, cooking meals, taking out trash, doing the dishes. And yes, making the bed is on there. I've not had any couple argue with the responsibilities, though. They've discussed them. They've not all agreed about them, but they've never argued about them. They've never said, that shouldn't be on the list. They're on the list. And, they, and we have the same thing as church family. There's things on the list. There's, there's expectations that we need to live in as we, as we understand that. We understand membership responsibility from us to the church. There's certain expectations that, that we need to move into. There's a list of things that, that we have. And those things are assembling together. And, and, and go ahead and put that. I think, I think I got the list. There we go. Assembling together and financially giving and telling our story of Christ and evangelizing. Serving, just like folks are in the um, back this morning, teaching children about how Jesus loves the children in that time with, with the disciples and how folks welcomed us this morning and helped us get here and then work locally and work globally. We, we, we serve. The body needs us to serve. We need to support. We need to care. We need to participate in decisions. Now, that's not just family meetings, but that is family meetings. But it's also bearing witness of what God is telling us. You see, we as elders do have a stewardship of the vision and the ministry of the church, but God speaks through the members of the body to the body as well. And we're all a part of the body, and we need to hear God from the body. And so decisions are part of the expectation. Protecting the gospel, the integrity of the gospel, and protecting membership, the integrity and sanctity of membership. But now there's also those things that we can expect from the church. And, and, and that can be an, another list for us. As we take from the church, the church gives to us spiritual uh, care and spiritual responsibility. There's prayer and intercession. We have a prayer team. Angela Taylor's right here. And she is the team leader of our prayer team. When you express a prayer need, it gets real-time prayer immediately. Shepherding. We, we do our best to be, as elders, a shepherding team for you. And when one reaches out, just know we're all reaching out. We're all seeking to care for you. Teaching. Bible-based teaching is what you can expect. We'll be in Romans next week, and you can expect deep Bible teaching from Barrett. Discipleship. 
We've had the opportunity to move in to community groups and learning environments with workshops and men's and women's collectives. That's what the the body is giving to us, the family is giving to us. The family looks out for us, provides accountability where necessary, and spiritual oversight. So that's why covenant commitment is important. So how do I make that? How do I make that covenant commitment? It's very straightforward. We won't take long here, but it's very important to understand. Really, the question is, how do I make covenant commitment at ICC? Because every church has that need of engaging. And we, we, want, you, we want everyone to remember or know how we make covenant commitment at ICC. How do you be... You see, at ICC, covenant commitment is represented through church membership. That's what we mean by membership. It's not a member on a list in an organization. It is being part of the body and it's being part of the family and functioning fully in that with covenant commitment. And we truly invite any and all those who are seeking to make ICC your home to be committed as a specific part of this specific church in this specific place. Allowing God to match you with the assignment he has for the body at ICC and to experience nearness and closeness as family. So how do you become a member? Well, there's a process and there's a covenant. And so I'm leading this as part of just a response, if you would, from this morning. Because I want you to know what it, what it takes or what some have done. The process is straightforward. We connect with our membership classes. We complete a membership form. We commit to a meeting with a pastor. We covenant with the church body. That's it. We want to be as transparent as we can about how to be a member of ICC. And function within that covenant commitment. There's a way to go to the website to, to start that. We actually have a sheet out in the foyer that if you're interested, you can sign that form and we will follow up with you. But what about the covenant? What about this thing called covenant? What does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. It is that expression of covenant commitment. And so I I wanted us to do it today. I wanted us to read that today. It's not real long. Now here's why, let me put some of you at ease. Some of you are not members. You're here visiting. Maybe you're guests of family, or maybe you're still in the process of seeking God's direction. This is not pressure on you, okay? It's not bait and switch or switch and bait, whatever that is. This is awareness of what it means to be in covenant commitment with ICC. So read it into that. I'm going to ask everybody to read this. But if if you're a member, let it be something that reminds us of what we've committed to. In fact, I would even go so far another step. You know, some couples, when they have been at it a while and they want to, maybe 
renew the vigor of their relationship, they'll do something called renewing their vows. I don't know if any of you have ever been to one of those. There's different reasons to do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna suggest, nobody will know whether you're doing this or not, but if you're a member of ICC, I'm gonna encourage you not just to read it to remind you about what the covenant is, but read it as a renewal to that commitment. So will you do that for me? You don't have to stand or you know, do anything else, but just read it out loud with us. I think we have it right up here. Let's just read this together. Having received Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, I further seek to unite with the Island Community Church Fellowship through the ordinance of baptism or by transfer of membership from another church of like faith and practice. In doing so, I commit myself to God and to fellow members of Island Community Church. I agree to share in the purposes of my church, worship, evangelism, discipleship, ministry, and fellowship. I will be consistently faithful in my attendance to worship and Bible study. I will make a conscious effort to be a positive witness for Jesus to those around me. I will find a place of service in the church that utilizes the spiritual gifts God has bestowed on me. And I will nurture God-honoring friendships with my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. I affirm my belief in the core doctrines of this local body and commit to teach views consistent with these key teachings of the Bible. I commit to be a faithful giver to the church, understanding that the cost of the ministry of my church and the spread of the gospel around the world depends on the generous and consistent giving of church members. I will also honor my church by striving to protect its unity, by nurturing a loving attitude toward all, refusing to gossip, and following its God-called leaders as they follow Christ. I pledge to conform my life morally to the instruction of God's word. I will seek to honor him with my actions, attitudes, and words. Covenant commitment matters. It matters. But I want to invite you that really the first thing that matters has to do with our relationship with Jesus Christ. You notice right at the front of the covenant it says that having received Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. That is the first and primary thing we want to invite you to. And if that's not something you're living in, please know our heart for you today is to know Jesus personally. Yes, we want you to be a part of the body and the family, but that only happens in relationship with Jesus. And that is the most important, absolutely essential relationship The scripture said, Jesus himself said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. 
And Paul said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's our heart for everyone, to know Jesus personally. Thank you again for joining us for today's Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis. We want to encourage you to join us in person for worship soon. No podcast can ever replace the good design of God in gathering in person with other believers for worship in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with ICC, you can visit us at iccmemphis.com. As we close, we offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thanks again for joining us.